Welcome back to Sober Grind. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you better understand addiction and recovery. My name is Austin, and I'm your co-host along with Pej. If you need help with addiction, whether it be for yourself or someone you know, you can call us 24-7 at 877-577-9382 to get the help that you deserve. Today, we're talking about drug overdoses and what steps you should take if you witness one. There's a lot of misconceptions about drug overdoses, and this episode is jam-packed with helpful information for you. Are you ready? Let's talk about this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Sober Grind. We're always happy to be doing this. Today we have a really important topic that I'm a little surprised we haven't done before, but we're going to be doing it today. So it's uh, we're talking about drug overdoses, everything you need to know about them, what to do if you see one, if you're allowed to reach out for help, uh, what happens next, you name it. So my name is uh, Austin. I'm your co-host along with the always amazing Pesh. Pesh. All right, so let's get into it. If anyone's watching, uh, whether this is live right now with you or you're listening to this on the podcast afterwards or watching the video afterwards, let us know what questions you have about overdoses or addiction and recovery in general, and we will be happy to answer them. Also, real quick, if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes uh, for our podcast, Sober Grind, it would really help us positively impact more lives. Okay. Sober Grind, please let everybody know about Sober Grind. It's a really big deal that we uh, that we have more viewers, more listeners, and we would like to get more people on the show more regularly. Absolutely. So, Pej, let's get started. Um, what are some of the signs uh, of, of an overdose. So if you're maybe using with someone or you just walk into a room and see someone, what are some of those signs that they're actually overdosing or already have overdosed? Well, I mean, it's not hard to tell when somebody's overdosed if you're in active, in active addiction and you're using. You can pretty much see that the person's nodded off and they're incoherent. They will probably have their head down. They'll probably be... Mm-hmm. Uh, Falling at the mouth, they may be throwing up, they may be out cold. Um, it's quite clear. I mean, it, you can walk into a situation and not even know that the person is using, but know that they're overdose because yeah, a fetal, a fetal position, like face down, um, it's it's not pretty. It's really it's really bad, and it's happening so quite so often. Yeah. What do you think's leading towards more and more overdoses? Is it is it just more in inclusion of fentanyl? Is it something else? I mean, people have been overdosing on opiates, heroin specifically, for years and years, but these days with fentanyl, with the rise of fentanyl being so popular amongst users, um, drug users, um, yeah, I mean, people can overdose on smoking fentanyl. I've, I've seen some stuff, man. I mean, I've seen some really, really crazy, gruesome stuff that's very sad. And yeah. the reality of it is that it's happening more commonly uh, nationally, worldwide, but more in America. I mean, we have a, I don't know what the statistics are, but there's a lot of people that are overdosing and dying. Um, and sometimes you live and sometimes you die. It's Russian roulette. Yeah. So let's say you, you witness an overdose. You witness someone overdosing. Um, 
what are the next steps you take? I mean, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people are scared or nervous about if they're using with that person in particular and the person overdoses, they might be nervous to actually call for help, uh, which could save the person's life. And I, I know some states have uh, implemented new laws and a lot more are trying to implement these changes that you're, you're safe to be able to reach out uh, and, and, you know, call the cops or call an ambulance, local authorities, uh, to come and help immediately, but you know what? You, what should you do? What are the steps that you should take if you call witness call someone? Call nine one one on the way. You should try and save that person's life. If you happen to have Narcan um, within hand's reach or within the house or wherever you're at, use Narcan. Narcan can save a life. Um, you know, but do not hesitate. I mean, come on. After, at the end of the day, we're talking about people's lives here. You know, somebody might be able to have their life saved and they might actually have the chance of, of uh, seeking recovery eventually and getting their life back. I understand that when people are in active addiction, they don't think about stuff like that. They're not thinking that they're already ruining their lives as it is. They're more afraid, like, depending on the state that they're in, that um, the police will come and arrest them for even partaking or using those types of substances, depending on what, what the laws are in that state. But in reality, you want to make sure that you call 911 right away. Do everything you can. Don't try to try to take it in your own hands. Although I know more and more these days, there's a lot of addicts that are practicing addicts that are saving lives because they happen to have um, Narcan within hands reach. Or it's I've you know I've known people that are in active addiction that have saved a friend's life you know, using those. I don't want to necessarily just friend, but they have saved lives. You know. Yeah. It's kind, of, kind of amazing that. Something like this has been uh, created to where, um, where people can possibly have a chance at, at not overcoming the overdose and detection casualties. Yeah. You don't want to not call the authorities or not take um, prompt action. You want to take care of this stuff right away. Right away. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about um, Narcan? Did you ever see the movie Pulp Fiction? Yes, yeah, when they stick the adrenaline needle into her. When they stick him with the adrenaline shot with it, yeah. So, so basically, Narcan is something that you can push inside of somebody's uh, nostrils. But, you know, there's Narcan training. They're doing them nationally now. It's quite a common, um, in, in the addiction world, in the treatment world, uh, facilities have non-cap. Narcan always on end. I, when I walk into facilities, I now see Narcan pasted to the walls. It's like that available. You basically just open it up. It's in a little plastic container, and you can stick it in the person's nostrils, and basically there, there's ways, like they train you how to do it properly, um, yeah. but and, um, bring, revive somebody. It'll bring them back. That's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, do you think... So it's almost a controversial topic, and I don't want to uh, digress too much here. Uh, and if anyone's watching, you'll let us know your opinions on Narcan. But, you know, what what's your opinion on giving Narcan out, having Narcan be more accessible? I think everyone should have it. I don't care who you are. If it's going to save a life and somebody has the, the, the opportunity to, to be alive, they should be selling Narcan like every day because we don't know who's suffering with addiction these days. You don't know who's going to end up becoming a full-blown addict. But there's so many people that are overdosing um, as a result of doing, you know, 
heavy drugs like like fentanyl or just even heroin for that matter. Yeah. Um, Narcan should be readily available to all. Yeah. Um, How about this one? Yeah, go ahead. In the recovery world, or lack thereof, but in the recovery world, example, I knew a girl that went to sober living. When she showed up there, she had her stuff packed. Her mother helped her pack her stuff. Her mother packed her. Um, prescribed Narcan. Mm. That's, that's the type of world that we're living in right now. In this day and age, there are people that are uh, having to have Narcan on hand. And you know, luckily, I, I hear that the girl's doing really good. I just good. Don't, um, you know, that's what it's come to. Is it's kind of sad in this day and age that a mother would have kept in order for her to fill have the hopes of her daughter possibly getting her life back right now um you know she has to pack narcan yeah yeah um there's so many so many things that we can we directions that we can go here uh if you have overdosed what happens next so uh the person you're with hopefully calls 911 um, an ambulance comes and, and picks you up. What happens next? You're transported to the hospital. What are the next kind of phases there? You, do you, you just wake up in the emergency room or how? An individual overdoses, from my experience and what I've seen is, um, they're transported to a hospital. Um, they're stabilized and sometimes released within four hours. Within four hours, really? Yes. Wow. Persons revive, the hospital's not going to hold on to them for too long. What are they going to do? It's not like they're staying there for treatment. Yeah. However, however, like when you say if you've overdosed, like this is something that I really, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this topic is because we just found somebody overdosed the other day and the way it looked, how it looked, the scene, the people that were in the room that were affected by it, the intensity of the scenario was, um, It was traumatic. There yeah. were people that were very, very, very shook up. Um, I must, you know, just, like, you, you got to think about this. If you're doing something to the point where you are um, putting your life at risk and you could possibly die an overdose and, and never come back, if you've actually survived it, maybe there's something there. Like, maybe there's something to truly think about. Like, it's time to wake up. That is like a wake-up call. It's like the ultimate wake-up call. If you can wake up out of an overdose and still be alive, it means that you probably have a purpose to live. But if you want to keep playing with fire, you'll get burnt. Burnt to the point where you will scorch yourself and, and not be able to come back because that is why there's such a high, high um, rate of overdoses and, and a lot of people that are dying. So you think about it like what, what really what's baffling to me is that I see individuals that are somewhat normal, that are somewhat in, and a lot of them are in recovery or, you know, attempting to be in recovery and they get this stupid idea to go get high again and they end up getting high again and they overdose and they totally take away from not just the chances of, of having life or having recovery, but the amount of turmoil and the amount of stress and the amount of sadness and sorrow that's placed in other people's lives. You know, I can't imagine, you know, I, I'm not a parent, I don't have kids, but I can't imagine what a, what a parent feels like when they find out that their child has overdosed and died. 
And you know, I know, I know some people just use drugs because they're hope to die drug addicts, but truly, like, I, I feel like um, some people are conditioned or condition themselves to think that they're worthless or that they don't have a standing chance of truly getting recovery. This is my personal belief, and I'll say this more on a, on a spiritual basis. Um, um, I believe that the higher source, which I choose to call God, that's just in, in what I believe, right? I believe that God gives all different forms of humanity the, the chances and choices to make the right choices, right? And that can come in many different shapes and forms. I mean, everybody's got an ego and everybody's got a soul. So I truly believe that um, our soul can be enlivened or we can have the opportunity to change our lifestyle. So if you're a full-blown drug addict, that's shooting dope, or you're smoking fentanyl, or you're shooting fentanyl, or however you do your drugs, right? Like, if you overdose, like there, and, and you come to, and you come out of that, like, this is, this should be your ultimate wake-up call. This is the time in your life when you've gotten a chance to live yet one more time. Don't ruin it. Don't, yeah. don't have all of your chances and choices. Don't ruin it. Turn it around. Change your life. Go get help. There's help out there. There's me out there. There's people in the recovery community out there. We'll do everything we can to help you get a, a different type of life. You know, like, it's really interesting. I just want to say, like, when I was newly sober, there used to be this counselor named Uncle Ted. And Uncle Ted used to say that even if you were sober in your first couple of years of sobriety and you decided to commit suicide, um, you'd be killing the wrong person, right? Mm. So, like, when it comes to this type of lifestyle, when you're in active addiction, well, obviously, like, the more dope you shoot or the more you drink, yourself into oblivion it's a slow suicide because you're ruining yourself you're ruining your body you're ruining your spirit you're ruining everything about you you're killing your soul basically right your ego your disease your drug addiction whatever you want to call it, it's it's basically overtaking you and it's it's making you put you putting you in a position where you're going to lose it all right so why even do that when you have the ability to to come out of that so i, I this isn't about shaming the addict that overdoses this is about empowering the addict that overdoses and letting them know that because your heart's still beating and because your lungs are still breathing and because you didn't shut down and actually die on that one, why don't you turn it around and really, really put like put your hand out, ask for help, and allow people to help you get back to where you need to in your life, to where you can actually get some recovery, you know, to the point where you can live rather than die. Yeah, I, I think that's so well said, and unfortunately, uh, what that made me think of was a, a really sad personal story. Uh, uh, a close friend of mine, unfortunately, passed uh, about seven or eight years ago now, um, heroin overdose. And one of the things that really uh, stuck with me is at we had a, a good uh, group of friends together that all hung out, and uh, after his funeral, we all went out and were hanging out a little bit, and, and one of our friends that was even closer with him uh, had said, you know, he this wasn't his first overdose. Uh, he had overdosed several times before, and he went to go visit him in the hospital one time after he had come, you know, come back, was revived. And his words not to go get help were, I'm invincible. I can't be killed. So we didn't... He didn't have that mentality of wanting to get help. He thought he was invincible to the drug. Well, that's and it took him. A lot of people, like, okay, so the stigma that's attached to opioid use or drug addiction, a lot of people think, like, the normal person that doesn't do these types of drugs would think, 
well, why would somebody want to do that to themselves? Why would somebody want to do a type of drug that's going to uh, be life-threatening and put them in a position where they would actually possibly die? Yeah. Even more than that, like, why would somebody, if they did survive something like that, continue to keep going back? Now, you got to go a little more deeper, and, and without knowing, the average person <coughs> that doesn't ever use those types of drugs doesn't get the mentality behind it. They don't understand it. There's a lot that goes to it. For one, like your friend that was that thought he was invincible, uh, I think it becomes such a, oh, I don't want to use bad words, but basically a mind F-E-C-K, right? Like sure. The point, like where you think, you know what? Just one more shot, just one more hit, just one more time. And then you've got to think like, why are they chasing that feeling? Because when you're in full-blown addiction, there's a reason why addicts and alcoholics use and drink. They love the effect that's produced by these types of substances. And why is that? Because it, it's euphoric. It's it's like the ultimate high. It basically takes them out of right here, right now. They don't have to feel anymore. And you know, if you ever see like a, a person that's actively using fentanyl or or heroin, like their eyes will roll on the back of their head. They're they're like elated. It's like a state of bliss that's unexplainable. You know, and they they want to feel that rather than have to feel anything else in real everyday life they probably have a lot of trauma they probably have a lot of things that have happened to them that have that has totally made them feel like they're worthless and hopeless and they can't live and they don't know how to live so why not just use some kind of drug that'll take them out of right here right now so they don't have to feel how do you have how do you develop that that moment of clarity or that mindset to reach out for help when you're in the thick of it and you you know, think that you are invincible. How do you develop a rationalization to reach out for help? I just think some people come to their senses and they, they have that wake up call and they wake up from it and they say, I don't want to do this anymore or I need help or my life is falling apart. Sometimes people's lives become so unmanageable that they, they just come to terms with the fact that I can't do this anymore. You know, I mean, I've seen full blown addicts that live on the streets that are homeless that all they live for is just to keep on getting high. And I've seen some people that come from well-to-do families that live within homes and they have money. And you know, I think uh, sometimes some people have to get to the point of desperation to mm. really just say, "This isn't working. My life isn't working," and and they 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 don't have a standing chance. There's some people that use up all their chance. Uh, you know, it's not like some people will overdose up the very first time that they overdose and die. Sometimes yeah. people will overdose a bunch of times. Now, I, I I know addicts and alcoholics that have a lot of times sober, they'll, they'll often talk about uh, how many times they had overdosed before they actually got sober. So moment of clarity is a great term that you use. It's an aha moment. It's mm -hmm. basically, it's the time when it's do or die from here. Like you either do something different or you die from this. And that's the reality. I mean, let's, let's think about this. This is serious. This is really a serious thing. If somebody has a, they grow up as an infant into a family, lifestyle and they they're raised by parents and the parents have high hopes for them and they want them to go out in the world and become something or go get educated or just do something with their lives and they're getting into heavy drug addiction because they've got all of this hidden under you know underlying trauma that they haven't worked through you gotta get them help you cannot ostracize them you cannot put them down you gotta get them help and you can't do it if you keep on enabling them if you keep giving them money if you keep putting them in a position to where they're never going to actually get desperate enough to get the help, then they won't have an aha moment or a moment of clarity. Mm -hmm. So basically, sometimes we rob our we rob our loved ones 
of the opportunity to actually ask for help. Yeah. A mother yesterday who her son is actively using in her house, and the second mm. she asked me, so how do we go about this? I said, we do an intervention. Basically, I come in advance, you and I have an agreement, this is what we do, this is where we put him, and, and in order for me to sit down, you guys tell him how he's affecting your house, and then after that, you give him an ultimatum, and then I come into the picture, I say what I need to say, and she goes, what do you mean? What's the ultimatum? I go, meaning that he either gets help or he leaves the house. She goes, oh, I can't put him on the street. I said, ma'am, it's not yeah. that he would die out on the street. He's already dying in the house. He How did she help. take that? She just doesn't get it. Like, she thinks that yeah. by enabling it. It's so hard. She's not ready. She's not even in the, you know, there's, for an addict, it's the pre-contemplative state of getting help. Yeah. She's not even in the pre-contemplative state of doing the actual action of telling him it's time to go. Like, yeah. Or go and get help. It's so sad. Um, yeah, we've talked a lot about enabling on this podcast before. We have quite a few uh, episodes on it that you can check out if you if you want to learn more about that and that behavior and how to overcome that behavior as well. Yes. Pej, what other topics do you want to talk about uh, on overdosing? Is there any other information that someone should be aware of if it's if you witness one? Uh, or if it's you that have that have overdosed, what other information do you think people should be aware of? Well, if it's you that has overdosed and you've survived, time to wake up. Wake up and smell the coffee. You know that old saying? Like, wake up and smell the coffee. Like, this is your chance. You you still have a standing chance to go change your life. Change it. Yeah. Don't keep with fire. You play with fire, you get burnt. And if you see somebody that's overdosed, you found them overdosed, and, or you're with them and they've overdosed, save them. Do everything you can to save them. Narcan them. Call 911. Do whatever you can to make sure that that person gets revived because they still may be able to get their life back. And maybe you will too. Thank you so much, Pej. I, I think we covered a, a lot of really good stuff today. If anyone's watching or listening to this and you have any questions about overdoses, uh, drugs, substance abuse, alcoholism, or recovery, l leave a comment uh, and we'll get back to you as soon as absolutely possible. If you need help with addiction at all, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Pej, you can call 877-577-9382, you can reach out to any of us 24 hours a day, call me we will help you. Or you can just send me a message on Facebook too. I would be happy to help. Say that one more. Say your number one more time, Pesh. Nine four nine seven five one seven seven six one. Or you can just send me a Facebook message. I get those all the time. A lot of people want help, and it's the easiest way to get a messenger. Awesome. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to another amazing episode of Sober Grind. This podcast is sponsored by Beginnings Treatment Centers. They're a nationwide drug and alcohol treatment center that can help you no matter where you're at. Call them 24-7 at 877-577-9382 or visit beginningstreatment.com for more information. If you'd like to listen to any of our podcasts or listen to or read some great recovery resources, check out our website, SoberGrind.com. We have every episode indexed on there. Uh, we have a lot of great articles, blog content on there as well, and we want to just be as helpful as possible. If you found this podcast helpful, 
if you could help us by writing a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world and it would allow us to positively spread this message and impact more people. Pej, thank you again so much, my friend. Thank you. Sober Grind out. <laughs>